Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score to get the extra credit that you deserve. Richard, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Um, it is Wednesday. We record our shows on Wednesday. We release them on Friday. And I always look forward to Wednesdays because we record another episode of our favorite podcast, The Extra Credit Show. Uh, last week's episode, we brought up um, surviving uh, data breaches, you know, because it is 2018 and data breaches are here to stay. And I figured a really good follow-up episode for that would be to talk about mixed files. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, We yeah, haven't yeah. Uh, brought up mixed files a lot in our episodes. Um, and I'd really like to bring them up simply because it's a very common problem. Um, and so just first and foremost, what is a mixed file? Well, a mixed file is when an individual has a report from a credit bureau that has information that may belong to a similar named individual, such as, you know, Joe, Joe, I don't know, Joe something, Joe Miller. Your name's Joe Miller. Your dad's name's Joe Miller. You guys live in the same household. Your guys' information are lapsing on each other's credit reports. Yeah. That's a mixed file. And that happens essentially when you have matching personal information and a lot of people get confused because they're thinking well our social security numbers are different mm -hmm. our dates of birth are different and and that just goes to show that the credit bureaus don't use social security numbers as the end-all be-all no. for file uh, separation in fact we look at credit reports every day and there's a section there that has social security number variations of course and in that section you'll find a consumer that has two, three, even four social security numbers in that section. And these are all social security numbers that are either a variation of the customer social or a completely different social period. And I always found that strange. Well, it, it's not really strange when you think about it. I mean, when you break it down, ultimately the credit bureaus are only providing you data that's been furnished by, to them by a creditor or a collector. And a lot of creditors, when you go apply for credit, Believe it or not, they don't ask you for your social. They'll just ask you for your name and your address and your date of birth. I mean, I, I don't remember giving my social security to like AT&T. They don't have it. You know, all they have is my name and my address. And if I had my, my son or my father, if they had a similar name like me, you know, you, you one could see how they could be mixed up. They may have a social, though. I think it's just been, I can't remember because it's been, I've been with the same provider for so long. I don't know if I did give them my social, but I, I'm... Pretty sure that they do have the social simply because when we do debt settlements, the collection agency will bring up the last four of the client social. And most of the time, they're going to be a cell phone bill that I can remember. So I think that potentially they do have socials. Um, but I, to your point, um, they can they don't need a social to pull up a credit report. And that's mm -hmm. why people that don't have a social security number can technically still have a credit report. Mm -hmm. And when we have our clients add another one of their family members as an authorized user, mm. the credit, the social security number is not asked. And that always brings up the client and their concern that they didn't ask you for my social house is going to show up on my credit report. Well, the answer is they don't need it. Sorry, guys, I've been with my same cell phone provider for over a decade. So different rules back then than it is now. <laughs> yeah, I, um, and the only reason why I say that though is simply because, the like I I I know for a fact that like say my um, internet provider and my cable TV provider do ask for socials because I've recently um, 
dumped one and got another one and they oh, wow. were asking them for social. So I, I'm pretty sure that they should. Um, but the point is the same that you can have multiple socials on a, on a credit report. And sometimes it's just an error. Sometimes it's I give them the social over the phone and they transpose one or two numbers. So it's a similar social, but one or two digits are off. And mm. that can cause variation. But I've also seen completely different socials. And that is the making of a mixed file. Um, so, I mean, it happened to me, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't have a common name, um, but I am a junior. And so when I turned 18, my I went to go try to buy a car. And when they pulled my credit, I technically should not have had any credit. But I came up with stellar credit. And I knew that it was my dad's credit who they were confusing me. I didn't know any better. I was just like, well, they're just confusing me. But the, technically, now looking back at it, the credit bureaus didn't know I existed. They inputted my name and my address. And it came back with a credit report that technically like half matched my dad's. And so there you go. I was approved for a car at 18. You, you had 20 years worth of credit and you weren't even 20 years exactly, old. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's actually, I guess you can say a, a good mistake in that sense. I, and I knew better than to buy the car that I did not technically qualify for. But in that sense, that would have been a, a mistake that favored a consumer when but you have all this good credit that you're doesn't no belong fun. to them. <laughs> no, seriously, the, the, I remember the salesman, his head and his eyes just lit up when he realized that I could buy the car because... He probably thought I was just some dumb kid wasting his time and then realized that I could technically buy the car. His eyes lit up um, and he wanted to sell me just anything I wanted. And I was like, um, he had those money eyes. Yeah. So uh. so that happened. Um, and, you know, now in retrospect, not knowing what I know, I realized that was a mixed file. Um, and then now um, I never did anything to correct it. I think it eventually as I became known, um, you know, I started to get my own credit. Uh, Eventually, the bureaus had enough information to separate the files. But initially, we were one person. And I've had crazy cases where twins um, are very difficult and most often are mixed files. And they're very difficult to separate because they have similar names, exact last names, exact same date of birth. And up until like the early 90s, social security numbers were issued in sequential order. Mm -hmm. So twins would have the exact same social up until the last number where it was just one number off. Um, that's a perfect recipe for a mixed file. Man, good times, good times. So, I, and I've had those cases where I've had to separate those files and it's very, very difficult to deal with the bureaus because, I mean, they just have no idea that these people are twins. They technically think it's the same person and that is a mixed file. Of course. And you know what? That's, that's a few of the issues, but it gets even more complicated in my eyes of, of how mixed files come to be because sometimes it has nothing to do with someone who's related to you. Sometimes it really comes down to, you know, someone just has a similar name. And the reason those that information gets mixed in is because when you go to, you know, mom and pop shop to obtain credit, the person inputting your name doesn't ask for your license and just misspells it. Right. They misspell it. And then the credit bureaus gets, you know, a profile of you uh, or supposedly you, but it belongs to another individual, his information gets mixed up with yours and you didn't do anything wrong. It literally was just someone data entered your name wrong. And that's how you get the social security number variations, the name variations. You look at, If you look at your own credit report, you're going to see that there's a bunch of names on there. And a lot of them could be misspelling. So it could be your name, but typos, you know, um, or if you're been married and you've had different last names, maiden names, married names, 
Um, you have variations of those names. So it's like a long history of your AKAs. Um, the more information you have on your report, the easier it is to confuse with somebody else's. And I think that when you when you when you think about like if you're if you're a, um, a professional or you're someone in business, whether you're in sales um, and you're listening to the show, you're probably familiar with like a CRM. Right. Or even in your job, if you end up using software for your job, which is probably going to be everybody. You go to your software and you want to look up a customer like you punch in their name and there's a ready made file for that name. Yes. Like it goes straight to the file and th this file technically has everybody's info on it. But the credit bureaus don't keep ready-made files on consumers. So they don't have Richard David's file that they'll just go to their CRM and look up Richard David and then send off the report. When, you, when they get an inquiry in their database, it's going to pull everything that matches you. So once they input your info or anybody's info, it's going to pull everything that matches this person. And if, we're, if we just use for an example our friend Bad Credit Joe. Mm-hmm. Bad Credit Joe goes and applies for credit and he's got a common name, first name Joe, last mm -hmm. name, let's say Smith, Joe mm -hmm. Smith. And then now it's going to pull and try to match everything that matches Joe Smith's identity triggers and then deliver a file. Yep. And, and so oftentimes it's a moment in time where Joe Smith's information could match. And there's probably going to be a Joe Smith that have the same date of birth, probably similar, probably a similar address, a similar social and all of these are going to match the identity triggers or potentially match enough identity triggers to pull multiple joe smith's credit reports into one mm -hmm. so now you end up with a mixed file and that could happen whether it's a common name father son you know junior senior situation uh identical twins fraternal twins or just somebody that just happens to have a similar identity in a completely different city sometimes in a completely different state how do you first well, I'll back up. When that happens to a consumer, they immediately think their identity is stolen. Yes, it's well, they've been trained to, you know, nowadays, all you hear is identity theft is the fastest growing crime in the United States. And, you know, data breaches and hacks all over the place. I mean, they're, they're trained to feel that way. Um, but I, I've been seeing this kind of stuff for well over a decade yeah. now, you know, close to 20 years. Um, you know, to the trained eye, you realize these are just simple common errors. Um, and, and you're right. A consumer will think identity theft, but you need to, you need to, you know, slow down, really analyze the situation and figure out what's going on before you make a determination. And that's exactly why I thought this topic would do well as a follow-up to the uh, data breach episode, simply because most people think, oh crap, there's a bunch of info on my credit report that does not belong to me. Mm -hmm. I'm a victim of identity theft. But if you slow down and take a look at it, the, one of the first things that we look at is are the items being paid on time? So is the info on your credit report open, active, and in good standing, Yep. right? That's the first thing that we look at. Um, do you wanna explain why? Well, it's, it's a very simple concept. If someone is paying their bills on time, they didn't steal your credit. No identity thief is going to go take your credit, open accounts, and pay them on time. They're, what's the point? Right. So, so yes, if they're paying the accounts on time, it's not an identity thief. Right. Absolutely. So that's the first thing you want to look at. And then the second thing that you want to look at is 
is this mistake being done by all three bureaus mm -hmm. or is it just isolated to one bureau? Mm -hmm. Remember, there's three credit bureaus and we see this all the time when someone goes and applies for a mortgage, they run all three credit reports at once, they, they merge them all into one and now you have what's called a tri-merge report. And when you look at this report, you'll have information on there that doesn't belong to you, but it's isolated to just one bureau. It could be Experian only, it could be Equifax only, it could be TransUnion only. Um, very rarely do all three bureaus make the same mixed file mistake at the same time. It, it kind of happens in spots. So sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And, and I'll have people say, this has been happening to me for years and sometimes I have it and sometimes I don't. And it's because the bureaus make the mistake at different times. Something else that happens during these situations that is not necessarily on topic, but I felt you guys should know about it, is when when you pull a trimerge report and the information differs on one bureau, it'll actually look like two entries. Another mistake that consumers make is, oh, they're saying I owe two accounts, when really it's not. It's the same account, but you'll notice that on one of the entries, it's only being reported by the one bureau that has the diff the different information. And even like lenders, you know, yeah. experienced lenders that read credit reports every day tend to make that mistake. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just about reading, learning how to read a tri-merge credit report. Yes. Um, you know, but that's what, that's how you'll identify if you are actually a victim of identity theft or if it's just a simple mixed file situation. Again, look at the credit report, find out are these accounts current or are they, you know, if there's just a bunch of collections for cell phones and credit cards, that are past due and in collections, that's identity that, yes, theft. Yes, that's an indicator you that know, you've been, your identity's been stolen. You look at the payment history and they never made the first payment, first payment default type stuff on the credit report, easy peasy ident identity theft, you can identify that. But if it's an open active car loan, they've been paying perfect for years. I mean, in fact, when we fix the file, the client score goes down because we removed a bunch of good stuff. That's a mixed file. I, uh, my client, I've had a client or two who've gotten a set at that. It's like, my score went down. Well, because we had to get rid of this stuff that wasn't yours. If we didn't get rid of this stuff, the, the problem would occur again down the road. Not only that, but they're, <laughs> they're normally if it's a bunch of car loans or even a mortgage loan that's on the report, the lender may disqualify them for the mortgage loan because they may have too many financial obligations that are on the report. Just because the credit's good doesn't mean that your debt to income ratio won't be too high because of this mortgage. Yeah. So so that that is actually a, a super common uh, situation that we run across. And oftentimes I'm able to just, hey, client, calm down. This is not identity theft. It's a mixed file. We can fix it. No problem. Um, and in fact, one of the biggest awards ever happened against Equifax for an identity or for a mixed file situation. A woman named Julie Miller back in 2013. I remember that. Uh, she won $18 million. The jury awarded her $18 million because Equifax essentially wouldn't listen to her and her mixed file situation. So she fought them for like two years um, to fix my mixed file, fix this. You have another Julie's info on my report and Equifax just basically ignored her. The judge did lessen the award. Uh, right. But it doesn't matter because in the end, she still got a lot of money for that particular reason. Uh, you know, Equifax wasn't paying attention. And and this here is uh, one of the reasons why the credit bureaus now pay a lot more attention when you start claiming identity theft or, you know, start fighting accounts that don't belong to you because this, they don't want to get sued for 18 million again. <laughs> that, well, that 18 million made head, headlines and it kind of it happened in 2013 and it was the first time that mixed files got mainstream attention. Yes. 
Um, and that's when people started to realize that it was a thing. And, and, that, and then they're like, well, how? The socials were different. It's like they don't keep files, ready-made files on you, and they don't use the social every time. So um, this happens. It happens often. It could happen at any bureau at any time. Uh, but lately, they, there's been a lot of improvements. In fact, in the last few files that I've done with Experian, Experian mentions that they're going to place a special trigger, some sort of trigger or notification so that it doesn't happen again. And I think that's a good thing because now you can guarantee that this credit bureau is not going to make the same mistake again. But Experian explicitly says, make sure that the client uses the same name every time. Yes, and so that's probably the big one right there. Make sure you use that. Guys, it really matters. You know, one one of the reasons why people get identity theft or really a mixed file is because they don't use the same name. It's really it's really common with people that have four names. You know, sometimes they'll use their first and their last name. Sometimes you use their first and their middle name. Sometimes they use all three. Sometimes they use all four. And it's the same individual with four different identity so to speak and so their file just gets information pulled from all different kinds of places yep. if you don't use the same name you're kind of doing it to yourself because now that the credit bureau doesn't know how to identify you properly yeah so use the same name and only the same name um, and it's it's weird especially with like the older generation i'll find that they they if their name is um Joseph, they'll just apply as Joe. Or oh, if their yes. name is Michael, they'll apply as Mike. And they tend to take their nickname as a legal name. And and sometimes on their driver's license, you know, obviously their full legal name is on there. But the credit report only reflects their nickname that they like to use. And, and I've seen it time and time again. But that is the makings of a mixed file as well. Maybe you don't have a relative with a common name or a similar identity, but if you're using these common nicknames, you know, again, you're just setting yourself up for that to happen to you. You know what I've seen as well, you know, and this this actually has nothing to do with the client or, or the consumer, if you will. Um, sometimes it gets forced upon them. I've, I've known a lot of consumers that'll go down to the DMV to get their license. They'll provide their social security card and for some reason, the DMV, it puts their name wrong. They put the last name where it should be the middle name and vice versa. And, you know, when they go and provide uh, the information to apply for credit, they have a social and a license that has two different uh, informations on it. The name on your driver's license should be the name that you use for all credit applications, mm -hmm. exactly the way that it is. And if mm -hmm. you have your last name on your first name line and then your middle name on your last name line or some variation of that, then that technically is your, your name until you change it over at the DMV, however that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But I always um, tell my clients, however your name appears on your driver's license is how you need to be applying for credit because yep. that's, that's going to that's gonna be the way that you, we keep these things consistent especially if you have a common name. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a common name, you need to keep it consistent every time. If you're a junior or if you're a third, you always need to use that surname. Now, nobody likes going to the DMV, okay? But if this happens to you, you really need to go and get it fixed because although it'll technically protect you from mixed files from your own doing, you know, when you go to places like a hospital where they do take your social security card and they hand it over to a collection agency, well, the collection agency is going to input your information on your social. So even it'll still happen. You know, it, you'll still get mixed files if you end up getting medical collections because you have more names to attach profiles with. Yep. You, you have to get it fixed, guys. Don't, you know, don't be complacent. Do it. I know. I know it's a burden. I know it's a pain. But 
Keep your identity the same throughout everything you have. Now that you brought that up, um, if you look at your credit report, we mentioned name variations before, but there's also address variations. Yes, sir. In, a, in another big trigger of mixed files are a bunch of previous addresses on your credit report. Yes, sir. Because the credit reports keep a history of all your previous addresses. And if a similar person or a similar person with a similar identity moves into one of your old addresses, now you have a shared address, boom, now you have a, a situation there where a mixed file can come about. So I would suggest that everybody review the previous addresses from their credit report and remove any that no longer apply. You just stole my extra credit, extra credit task of the week. That is the extra credit task of the week. I just made it up on the spot. <laughs> That's well, actually a big deal. No, it is. It is. You have to check your credit report. Make sure that there are no addresses that do not belong to you. Date of births, social securities, name variances. Fight them all. They do not belong on your credit report. You don't want them to, to be able to merge your file with somebody else's because of information that does not belong to you. Not just incorrect addresses, but old addresses that you no longer use. Um, I, would, I would ask you to get rid of those too, yes. simply because you're eliminating that possibility of a mixed file and you're keeping the information current and, and accurate. Um, and a little known fact, but a lot of people believe that if you have a lot of addresses on your credit report, it actually hurts your score. Personal information like that, previous addresses, name variations. Not directly. Don't have an effect on your credit score. Not directly. But again, indirectly, if you get someone else's information mixed on your file because of them, that's how it might affect you. But no, you're, you're right. Addresses, you know, name variations, social variations, none of that actually affects the score. Yep, yep. So it's in that way, you keep your credit report current. You keep the information clean. Um, and anything that shouldn't be there or does no benefit for you for it to be there just can get removed. The credit bureaus don't necessarily give you a hard time in removing an old address. So I would you know, make sure that not only do you check that the accounts that are on there are accurate, but also the personal info, name variations, addresses. Sometimes they even have different dates of births on there, social security numbers, all that stuff. Make sure that you um, look at it and remove anything or ask that anything that's not accurate or timely or relevant gets removed. So. And it is important, guys. Uh, again, you know, you want to keep your file as clean as possible. Any information that does not belong to you should not be there, period. Not just that, but sometimes people wonder, like, how did that debt collector find me? Because that address was on your credit <laughs> report. Um, and that's how you'll have people say, for example, you lived at your parents' house and then you moved out. So that old address is on your report. And then all of a sudden your parents are getting all your collection letters. That's how that happens. It's because this old address was tied to your report. That's how people get subserved. That and never find out about it. Uh huh. Absolutely. So I mean, very interesting concept. A lot. Of, I think a lot of people are are surprised to hear that mixed files exist. Um, and you know, again, when you really think about it, no one's going to steal your identity and pay your bills for you. It's like doing your homework. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to. They're not going to do that. So. Um, chances are you're not going to win the $18 million award if it happens to you. Um, I think that was an unprecedented, but it made for pretty cool headlines. I think she ended up with like $2 million, though. Yeah, it was, what was it, 1.6, 1. 1.7? 1. I just remember how to, she still got a million, over a million, and that probably was worth her time and efforts. I'll take 1.6, 1.7 any day of the week. Yeah, they can they <laughs> they they mix my file whenever they want yep. if they want to give me that much money. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I thought about it, too. When that happened back in 2013, because that was five years ago, that's crazy. I remember that happening, and I was like, I don't think Julie Miller 
would have gone through that if we would have been in charge of it. I think we would have been able to fix it with Equifax at the time with no problems. You hear that, guys? We're costing you money. Yeah. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. I, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking like, gosh, like how how bad Equifax must have screwed it up. or Because she even hired an attorney. She hired an attorney to go after Equifax and try to fix it. And when they finally got fed up, after two years, they sued. And that's just with anything else. I mean, if a creditor, if you know something is wrong and the, the culprit does not fix it, of course you're going to go after them. In this case, it was, you know, one of the holy grails of credit reporting, um, you know, Equifax. You have to go after them, but that's just what you do. Yeah. And in the, in the the as long as we've been practicing credit repair, I've never had a problem fixing a mixed file. And we've been fixing them for years. Well, since we've been in business since 2006, the mixed files happened back then. They happen now. And we've never had a problem fixing mixed files. Mm -mm. So Julie Miller, her first mistake was just not contacting us. <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't call it a mistake 1.6 million later. Yeah. <laughs> That's just crazy. Uh, um, but, you know, and then it, she had the means to hire an attorney to sue. And not every consumer can do that. Um, so I, I, I just think that. Uh, I, I appreciate that fact that she did that and that she went out of her way to make mixed files a known thing because I can tell you what, TransUnion and Experian probably paid attention and now have tighter measures, but it still happens. It so, still happens. So are you inferring that if you don't have money to hire an attorney, you should hire us instead because we're a lot cheaper? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, credit repair is something that people can do on their own if they invest the time to do the research. But nothing, nothing can match the years of experience that we have. It's um, a, I, like I always say, I can change the oil, the oil in my car. I can do my own gardening. I can do my own plumbing. But I may not be really good at it. Right. You know, it might take you two or three times the time and effort um, than it would take someone that does it every and day. And the cost. So, um, so yeah, you know, just a, a couple of nuggets there for information. Uh, that's about all that I have for today. Anything I, else you wanted to add on the mixed files? Um, no, I think, I think we pretty much covered all the relevant topics at this point, you know, just for the extra credit task of the week, look at your credit report. If you have any mixed addresses or names, socials, date of births, m make sure you get rid of them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you feel that you have a common name or maybe you're a junior or a third, um, maybe you're a twin, um, or you just have a similar name to somebody in your family, that is a situation for a mixed file. And so take a look at your credit reports and ask that that person take a look at their credit reports just to make sure that everything is kept clean. Um, again, it still happens to this day. And I think it will always continue to happen just because of the way that the credit bureaus maintain the data. And if for whatever reason you have difficulty getting rid of this stuff, which you shouldn't, but if you do, give Anselmo or Richard a, a, a call or contact us at the Extra Credit Show. Yeah. And we'll be know, happy to assist. You can always reach out to us directly by email. It's theextracreditshow at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Make sure you follow us on our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, at the Extra Credit Show. Um, and that's about it for this week. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.